The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. We're not allowed to have fun anymore. So lieu of fun, let's at least not be bored. Come on, pre-chorus. It's time and to get we're live. It is Thursday, April 14th, 2022, 5.02 p.m. It is a special edition of Cheese Night. Uh, uh, We don't usually have Cheese Night on Thursday. Normally, the consumption of cheese is reserved for Friday. But uh, Friday is going to be Seder night uh, for me, and so I can't do Friday. So if we were going to have a debrief on the special military operation against the Russian embassy. It was going to have to be today. Uh, so uh, we are not allowed to have fun anymore. Although I have to say, playing cat and mouse with the Russian spotlight operator yesterday was a reason, as good a facsimile <laughs> of fun as I have had since the beginning of the pandemic. It was a total surprise. Uh, so, you know, we got KK in New York. We got Scott waiting to, we're waiting for him to reconnect in New York. We got the the heroic Matteo Caraba, who turns out to know a lot about lights, uh, uh, on his way back to Connecticut following his tour de force performance in Washington. And, uh, you know, guys, it's... Uh, it's a bright, sunny, beautiful day in Washington. Yeah, it was gorgeous here. Okay, so I'm going to lead off the questions, which was, I you you said um, in the In Lua Fun text, you didn't tell any of us that this was happening. Maybe so we had plausible deniability. Should you be drug into jail or something like that? Um, but then I basically feel like, uh, but you said, your friend Molly would really like what we're doing, and the Russian embassy is gonna be like fire emoji. Yeah, and, and it you, wasn't and subtle. Then you, and then you, yes, and then you like very quickly were like, and by fire emoji I mean lit, not I'm lighting it on fire. <laughs> so I was very reassured by that. Um, but then, so okay, so how long has this been in the works, and did you get the idea from Molly Brady? or did you have it beforehand and like it kind of reminded you of it how did all of this happen all right let's uh let's go through the backstory on the first or second day of the war i tweeted an image of the russian embassy that just noted like it just looks like a drive-in movie theater it (laughs) it noted that it looked like a drive-in movie theater and that somebody should project uh, the Ukrainian flag onto it. And I was fully expecting a performance artist in Washington uh, who became a, a celebrity locally for projecting stuff onto the Trump Hotel, like the emoluments clause. Um, uh, shithole. Uh, he famously projected shithole. Like, like, I mean, he's, with an arrow. Like, he, he, he's, he's a great American, I have to say. Um, I use and, it in my nuisance class about how and, light isn't a nuisance, but yes. Light, light is not a nuisance. Uh, I, I fully expected him to take take me up on this challenge. Um, and um, But he didn't. He has shown no interest in this noble project at all. But one person, there are two people, uh, one, as you would would say in a conspiracy indictment, known to the grand jury, and the other one was not known to the grand jury. Uh, The one who was known to the grand jury was Matteo Caraba, got in touch and said, I think I know how to do this, Um, and uh, expressed interest in doing this. This is like four weeks ago. The other is a guy named Phil whom I have never met until yesterday, 
uh, who actually did it. It's just that he he actually lit up the Russian embassy. I don't think he saw my tweet. I don't think he knew who I was or anything. He just did it on his own um, and um, was, but couldn't get any attention for it. Like literally, I didn't know it had happened. Nobody else knew it had happened. And so Phil was kind of uh, dismayed at the lack of a reception, like the fact that it hadn't, uh, I mean, it had been a sort of low power example and uh, he didn't get the attention for it that I thought, you know, that he thought it warranted. And frankly, that, you know, I, I agree with him. Uh, and so, uh, Mateo, why don't you pick up the story from there? Because uh, I really sat on my ass in Washington while you had quite an eventful few weeks. Sure. Um, yeah, so Ben tweeted out the picture of the embassy, and I thought that it sounded like a really, really fun thing to try to do and also important given the situation. And I happen to know a little bit. So let me make very clear, not a ton about how this stuff is done, just because I like helped do lighting for like a couple theater productions. In yeah, th let me just say when Mateo says he knows a little about it, that means he knows enough to enough. design a lighting system for uh, this project, uh, pack a van full of the relevant equipment, assemble and disassemble it on site. So I, I think he's being- Are you putting this on your resume? He's, yeah, he's I never you know, I, think <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bust you or anything, Matteo, but you know, Matteo is, it has, was majored in Illuminology, which is all about um, lighting various things including i mean he had we, we were in a seminar together on lighting buildings oh, um, illuminology was the philosophical study of shedding light on things that's what i thought uh oh it's an elective that's a part of the elective in the that's degree elective i say i'm sorry my bad okay no. that's a small seminar anyway you're distracting <laughs> mateo from the, the story because the story gets amazing when he gets into like uh like the failure of his friend John to come through. Yeah, oh my, okay. So the story, here is the story. So. Yeah, fuck John. Okay. Um, yeah. So I reached out to a friend of mine who, starting when he was 16, started a lighting and design company in Connecticut and built it up to be like a pretty sizable operation and still goes out and lights things uh, individually. And I got in touch with him and we had a couple conversations and he seemed really interested, uh, offered to help out um, and confirmed that it seemed like it should be possible. Um, and then as Ben was assembling, uh, you know, resources and a team on his end, John fell off the map and became unable for me to, to reach. And so at that point, I started digging into anyone I'd ever met who had anything to do with this. I was rejected by someone who'd lit the Super Bowl a few years ago. I then called Rejected? Rejected. And just to be clear, I offered to pay for this to make sure it happened. And Mateo sends me a text. This is the, one of the weirdest texts I've ever gotten. He said, uh, the quote like that I just something. got was for half a million dollars. Um, yeah. And I had to explain to Mateo that like, when I said I was going to pay for it, I was like, I'll rent some generators or rent a couple How of much time. do you get if you're like that guy that like puts a back, like a temporary back tattoo on and run naked out onto like the baseball what? field? Do you get half a million dollars for that? No, seriously, Mateo, somebody cited Mateo a price to do this of half a million dollars. Yeah, the numbers I was getting from all sorts of people was like, it was anywhere from a thousand dollars to a half million. Uh, some people thought it was impossible given the technology that exists in 2022. Um, but ultimately the circle narrowed as people referred me to other people who they thought might be able to help. And we eventually landed at the company called Atmosphere in Silver Spring, Maryland, which I've just received email permission to shout out by name. 
Yeah, so uh, let's give Atmosphere a shout out here because uh, yeah. the price that they uh, cited uh, was zero. Uh, yeah. They lent us tens of thousands of dollars of equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't a know us from Adam. It was, uh, it was literally a van full of equipment. Like if you've looked at my Twitter feed, worth of stuff. Yeah, which we had to lug up to the roof, by the way. Um, uh, yeah. So. Uh, you know, these are great Americans, uh, and uh, we should, uh, if you have any lighting needs, if you need, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to do a laser show in Washington, uh, you know, we endorse atmosphere for all your uh, stage lighting needs, whatever they may be. Uh, and well, seriously, thanks to them. Yeah, the service is excellent. I showed up and they had everything packed into massive road cases and then they helped load it into the van. Uh, they, they, they were really great. And um, Keith got on the phone a number of times uh, just to talk through the logistics of it and if we'd have enough power. And yeah, so, so they were excellent. And then, um, yeah, so then the day of, I reached out to a friend of mine who is um, who I did lighting stuff with in high school, and who now goes to George Washington University in um, DC, obviously. And he rented a van and collected another friends. And then I drove down. We retrieved the stuff from Atmosphere, and then that was it. Am I forgetting anything, Ben? Uh, that's how did you how did you figure out where you were going to be oh, that's locating a, all yes. the equipment? So and that's how, a, that seems like also a huge story. Oh well, so yeah, there is a very cool story here. Um, uh, so around the time that I um, tweeted the original thing, I did some uh, Google Earth searching and figured out that there are two buildings. The roofs from which you could do this from well the first thought was the hotel actually right but the hotel's too far away mm -hmm. um and i'm pretty sure the hotel would have let us do it but it's it's a i called they wouldn't they wouldn't they yeah would i don't think they would i was like they would have if i started tweeting them about it um yeah. can i just say can i can i just say this would have been the best where's the lie <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is all true. All right. So no, 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 no. No, no. it's way better uh, in a moment. So um, first I tweeted at the two organ the two real estate holding companies that own the two buildings in question. Hey, I'm, we're gonna light this up. Uh, can we use your roofs? Uh, we did not get so much as the courtesy of a response. And that uh, I hurt my feelings. Uh, I'm upset by it. Um, but then uh, I started tweeting at the residents of these two buildings. And hey, did would anybody at uh, Carolyn House or the other one, uh, you know, let us use the roof? And I want to say uh, that the residents of these two buildings uh, uh, really stood up uh, and uh, really. Uh, like these are great Americans who live next door to the Russian embassy on either side. Um, and uh, in particular, I wanna, uh, this is a, a, a one woman who we're gonna, gonna stay nameless, uh, gave us full access to the roof. And the reason she was into it was that she was an avid listener of the French Village podcast. Uh, and so this was, um, you know, we, we were scouting it out. And, and oh, that's said, French that's... Village podcast. French yeah. Village podcast. That's great. Me, we're in the elevator going out to the roof of the first scout out, and she says, hey, aren't you the French Village podcast guy? Oh! <laughs> um, and I was like, I, I mean, it really actually took me a moment to sort of peel my face off the floor. Um, so, yeah. Wow. So yesterday, uh, have you told Sarah uh, Longwell this yet? I <laughs> called Sarah Longwell okay. this morning to tell her that this event would not have happened, but for I mean, it's literally but for causation. Like um, a giant you know, Paul's graph scheme in this entire like nonsense. And this is very Paul's graphian, yeah. So I um so yesterday, uh, oh, but uh, Ben, you're leaving out the best part. 
which is that you drove down there like three or four times with a laser measuring device at one point. Oh yeah, to make sure true. the distances Mate were right from Mateo all sorts of Mateo needed to know how far we were casting light. Because, all right, so this is actually a serious point. Yeah, we had yeah, never, we like, focus it. You, yeah, yeah, you, uh, like if you look at the Lisbon light up of the Russian embassy, they were super up close on it because they could, but we're, both of the locations we were working from are 300 feet away from the embassy. So we're casting light over a very long distance need a lot of power and Mateo needed to know like how far we are away. So I snuck up there and uh, uh, bought a uh, long distance laser measurement device um, and uh, shined lasers on the Russian You'll embassy. use it for hanging pictures in your Oh, in your I'm going to use it constantly. <laughs> uh, I have so many uses for a laser measurement device, uh, particularly one that can carry 300 feet. Um, I have to measure 300 feet so often. Um, and yeah, so uh, this was uh, several weeks of work that came down yesterday to Mateo driving down in the morning from New Haven, picking up his friend uh, Avery, going to atmosphere lighting. It's so picking much cooler up than fucking John. A van. Yeah, I mean, John just <laughs> And, um, uh, and um, bringing, it's probably 1,500, 1,600 pounds of equipment. The sandbags were 600 alone. Oh, really? Excuse me, eight. The sandbags alone were 800 pounds. Yeah, it's a lot of sand. Not um, each. Uh, no, no, there, no, no, there was 16 right. 50-pound okay, bags. Make, just like 16, making sure that people were like. Wait a second. Just to say, carrying 50 pounds upstairs is unbelievably difficult. Well, right? so we, we only had one flight because we had an elevator. But that's, oh. still, that's still something. Thanks, like, thanks that's to not our Confederate inside the building, we had uh, one flight. We, we could get up to the ninth floor. Then we had to get it up to the roof. The roof, by the way, is gorgeous. It's like a, the, one of the best views of Washington I've ever seen. Uh, by the way, the, the scary part is the lenses because the the everything else is easily replaceable but those lenses are like tens of thousands of dollars of value and you've got them on the top of a lot a rooftop that are on the top of a pole have 800 pounds of sand to make sure they don't blow away yeah so we got access to the loading dock it was all very covert. We got up the stairs, up to the roof with nobody noticing, with 800, uh, you know, 2,000 pounds of gear. God bless and then America. Phil uh, shows up, uh, the mysterious Phil, uh, who's a great American, by the way, and turns out to have a spectacular sense of humor, uh, and sets up a separate lighting bank at the bus stop in front of the embassy. And we had thought that that, that was going to be uh, just so that it was like almost like added power and a decoy so that if we got shut down, they'd think they were shutting us down from there and they wouldn't know there was another bank on the roof. But this turned out to be the critical thing because of the Russian spotlight operator. So that's... Uh, uh, it was a crew okay. of about 10 when all was said and done. So quick, quick, quick kind of question before we go to the Russian spotlight operator. How large were you aiming to make the Ukrainian flag initially on the side of the building? Like given the distance that you had to cover and the light pollution in DC and whatever else, like, did you want it to be kind of like, I don't know, like a couple, like, like, tens of feet or hundreds of feet like kind of how large was it supposed to be we were hoping to cover as much of the thing as possible almost the whole thing i didn't realize until after we shut down but the light pollution was much more severe than just the one spotlight operator because they had a bunch of other fixed things that were shining on it and washed a lot of it out but you could we could have covered a bunch we did cover a lot of the base of the building, but for the areas that they were really concentrating 
their light on. Um, I, I, I will say that that there's that video of the spotlight chasing, um, which is just like uh, it is so delightful. I mean, it's so that video. This is again that was Phil on the street playing with the. He may have been on the phone with me. That may have been when we were on the phone together. It may not. I think it may have been just him dancing with the with the with the Russian spotlight operator. It was mm -hmm. shot. That video was shot by a passerby uh, who was like, you, you can hear him chatting with Phil. And when I went down, he was like, hey, I shot this incredible video. You should tweet it. And he uh, airdropped it to me and I tweeted it. And that's the that video. It's was, amazing. It's an it amazing little video. But if you watch the if you watch the first cool. and second can we uh, find a link to it to uh i will um, i can grab it yeah 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 just because okay. i i think everyone would love to see it it's so delightful if you, i can send if you, it to you ben and then you can play it or i can play it actually sorry yeah go ahead it, keep going ben but, tell us but there's how also you discovered that the spotlight oh, so, operator I mean, was going to exist so this happened right away um you know we we thought what we were going to do was launch the street level uh lamps that phil had and then mateo would come up to the roof and we would add power to it from the roof um but when they turned on the first lamps the russians just washed it out and we couldn't figure out like it took a few minutes to figure out that the um that it like it wasn't working not because we didn't have enough power but because there were actual russian countermeasures going on and when we figured that out like mateo and i were on the phone and i was like all right like come up here we've got a whole lot of extra power you know that they don't know we have um and so that's when i started the live stream because like i realized we had a, a kind of ongoing story where you know, I was sort of expecting to take some pictures and some videos and tweet them uh, and do like a five minute live stream. But all of a sudden we had this engagement from the Russians that was like really fascinating. And, and you know, they were, they were really trying to stop this from happening and had thought about at least a little bit about how to do it. And so, um, you know, so this is what a little action sequence. So this is where we get to the part about this that I think is kind of um, amazing, which is that I asked you before the show started, and you said that there was this guy Phil that had done this before, and was playing like kind of it was like playing this cat and mouse game, but like do you did he have his the ukrainian flag washed out by spotlights when he had done it or do you think that that put them on notice to create some type of like countermeasure to do this type of thing in the future bill was shut down pretty quickly the first time he did it he bill i was put in touch with bill by uh keith from atmosphere who works with bill Phil's a part of an organization in DC called Backbone Campaign that just, they call themselves uh, Artistic Activ Activism for the Progressive Movement. And they have like a paper mache Trump and they like buildings up and things like that. And about three weeks ago, Phil had gone with um, just one lamp and a different way of coloring it so that you get a really well-defined but much smaller flag yeah exactly the one you see there uh but when phil did it the first time the dc police were on within 15 minutes and then 10 minutes after that the secret service asked him to leave um, so i have to imagine that contributed to the russians getting prepared it is also very clear to me Hey, Mateo, I really the like the I like the bouncing of the Ukrainian flag, really like loud. kind of like a Tom and Jerry yeah, type. Of, like, like literally, it literally is like oh, like like yeah. I mean, you Jerry, can't make this up. Like, I know, I know. It's really you can't make it up. It's like so. It it it, it 
the fact that they're like, <laughs> like look at it. It's just like they're just like playing. Or just it's, 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 it feels like a cartoon, but the but like the Russians shouldn't be it's, like trying to like put. Wait. Like they have no choice about whether the building's going to be. They do have a choice about whether there's a whether there's a cartoon story. About ben, That's exactly ben, right. Ben and Richard Richard Wattenberger, can we find some type of like Ukrainian or Russian score to set? Oh this yes, <laughs> this would be like yes. so amazing. Like some Bruckner, some Bruckner. No, no, that's too German. Isn't he German? Yeah. No, <laughs> I've heard something about classical music on this show. <laughs> I know. I... So I do think Matteo is, is certainly right that they um, uh, probably Phil's previous ep efforts gave them a heads up. I, I think what happened in Lisbon probably made them think about it. It is also the case that they were definitely, I'm pretty confident they were watching us over the course of the day. Uh, there was a suspiciously parked car in the loading dock area that just didn't move the entire time we were, we were working. Uh, didn't interfere with us, but was watching. Uh, and, you know, our comms are, were not especially secure or um uh nothing that russian intelligence can't uh handle easily this is a very professional intelligence group so i assume that we were uh they were very aware of what we were planning to do i also assume uh that um maybe they saw your tweet announcing the intention to do it <laughs> yes i mean there, there was not we were not the opsec was not like but also even, you know, knowing that they were watching us, we didn't make any attempt uh, about an hour before we went live. I painted, a, I, I tweeted a picture of the building that said it's, you know, it's a canvas against the sunset waiting to be painted on. Um, you know, it wasn't, we, we weren't exactly trying to hide it. So I, I, I don't know to what extent they were prepared specifically for us. I do think they were unprepared for the amount of light power that we brought. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, true. Like it was totally 15 times what Phil had brought the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 15 times. And so I think they, they, they were, they were uh, you know, there, I, I think there was a certain amount of like, oh, we've got this covered. We'll wash them out with a spotlight. And then they kind of had nothing. <laughs> It's almost yeah. like a meta. It's almost like a metaphor for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> exactly, a point yeah. I made on the live stream a couple times. Okay, was right. also, it was. I mean, it was just kind of. Well, I just thought the whole thing. It's just such a. It's a wonderful kind of peaceful, playful, and serious, but not taking yourself too seriously protest. Mm -hmm. And therein kind of lies the virality and the power of it. Like if it was standing outside the Russian embassy with signs, it just wouldn't be anything. It would be whatever, but it was creative and it was fun. And it was like, I don't know. It was uh, so, it so created uh, it, like, yeah, like laid bare a bunch of dynamics of like, they're going to, how are they going to stop you yeah, can, on American can, soil? Yeah. Can, can actually, that, that actually is, I think is a very profound point that you make. And, and if I could just be, um, one of the things that when the internationalists came out, I had, I met up with a lot of anti-war activists. And at one point, so one of the things that there's a, a guy, David Swanson, who heads uh, uh, World Without War or whatever. And so he set up a whole thing about um, kayaks on the Potomac protesting the Pentagon. And I remember saying to him, like, that seems like a stupid thing to do. And, 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 he, and, he, and he said, no, you don't understand. Like, activism and causes need stories. They need narratives. They need things that can be told and, um, um, and, and catch on. And I think this is like a perfect example mm -hmm. of like, 
really well said. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought about this a lot and I've been asked about this a lot uh, over the last 24 hours. Like the choice of light was very deliberate and uh, there was, there were several elements of it. And actually uh, I'm not blowing smoke up Scott's ass here. Several of them were, were kind of inflected by conversations with Scott, including on, on this show about the internationalists. Uh, the first is, uh, how do you get inside the embassy without getting inside the embassy? We actually have a very solemn international law commitment to not violate the sanctity of diplomatic properties. And I actually think it's important to respect that because if you're, if, if you're, if you're, if you're protesting the degradation of the international legal regime on things like resort to force or genocide or the murder of civilians, it pays not to do it in a way that actually does violence to a different international diplomatic principle, which is that the embassy premises and the embassy well, are sacrosanct. And you want to do it in a way that makes life as as discomfortable, as uncomfortable as possible without being the Iranian students in 1979. And right, you're not, we're not going to storm the embassy. I also, honestly, as somebody who, you know, spends a lot of time writing about federal law enforcement, I don't want to make the Secret Service's life difficult. You know, these are people who have to protect an embassy, and that's their job under U.S. federal law in, in respect of our diplomatic com commitments. And I don't want to put our government in the position of, you know, my protesting the behavior of the Russian embassy behavior, the, the Russian government's behavior vis-a-vis -vis international law actually puts the U.S. government in breach of international law. So made a decision early that if the Secret Service asked us to turn it off, we were going to turn it off. Um, and that's what I expected to happen, um, frankly, uh, because of what had happened to Phil earlier. Um, and uh, I thought, you know, it didn't. Uh, and so but there's also uh, some really important legal principles here, which is that you're not like light, light isn't trespass. Light is light is not even nuisance. There is no, like the, the, the short term nature of kind of the injury or harm or whatever that you're doing is like short term and very, very kind of like, like, it's just like, what are you going to do in that? Like, I in wanted that, to like, invade the embassy. Exactly. Without, and then like, and then like, yeah. Violating without putting the United States in breach of the Vienna Convention. There's nothing and, that you're going to do with any of those things, yeah, by shining a light on something. And so there's only two and ways speech. to do that. There's only two ways to do that, light and sound. And the problem with sound is that this is a building that exists in a neighborhood. Yeah. And I don't want to actually, I don't want to bother all the people in the neighborhood. I don't want to make them... I don't want to be the asshole truckers in, in, in Ottawa, right? Like who are, you know, you know, kind of doing violence to a residential neighborhood to make their point about the, uh, and, and Kate's point in the chat that there are also noise ordinances. You can't do what we did with noise at, at one in the morning with light. And so the choice of light was very deliberate and it was, uh, an effort to invade the embassy without invading the embassy. And um, when I first tweeted about it, um, uh, uh, a, a gentleman, a conservative legal activist uh, named Ed Whalen uh, tweeted at me that he thought it was inappropriate. And we had a very polite exchange uh, about why. Uh, and the more I engaged with him about it uh, and actually sounded out some other diplomats, um, uh, the the uh, deputy ambassador from France, Aurélie Bonal, um, I, I said, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And she said, I think people shouldn't do anything that's in violation of the Vienna Convention, which I thought was kind of like a, a kind of like, dude, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and so I- Yeah, I if your first concern is the Vienna Convention and not like 
local DC noise ordinances at a certain time of night, like that's just going to be like, you're just, that there's a different set of problems, like than so, like mm -hmm. police officers dragging you off the roof deck, like the roof deck. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. I thought, you know, like the point that, that Kate raises, I think, you know, was actually very animating behind the whole thing, which is you want to do this in a way that's legal under, under local law, uh, not putting the government in our government in a difficult position under international law and uh, and maximally irritating to the Russians. Uh, and I think we did all three. We had no interference from local police. Uh, the Secret Service was incredibly respectful. Uh, we yeah. actually tried to deliver them pizza. Uh, they did not accept the pizza. Is that right, Mateo? They did not. They just eaten. They just eaten. Uh, yeah. But they were they were they asked us to move yeah. one a couple lights up a little bit at one point. Yeah. They they wanted us to stay on the far side of Wisconsin Avenue, which is totally yeah. reasonable. And uh, and the Russian response was. Uh, validating of the entire premise you know they they found the exercise really quite offensive uh as evidenced mm -hmm. by their their activity throughout so i was i could not be more pleased by it uh, i think ben i'm gonna have to make you i'm gonna because i don't have control but um you should bring in some questions that you right, think are worth asking i'm just gonna, captaining. i'm just i didn't realize i was captaining i'm gonna bring on uh two of the top Two people. No, you can't bring on Janine because she's doesn't want to be put on. So. Oh, um, uh, and we've already answered her question. Okay, so uh, yeah, Janine asks, "Do you think the Russians uh, uh, knew they we were coming?" Yeah, they knew. They definitely uh, knew we were coming because we told them. Uh, John, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, great job, guys. Uh, looked looked wonderful. I only watched one of Ben's videos, but. Uh, it was fun, and I'll check out the rest later at double speed. Um, <laughs> I have a background as a movie. It's going to be like Tom and Jerry on cocaine, but that's Which fine. I did for 15 years as a hobby, and that does give me some knowledge about this. And I, I just want to point out also that distance actually isn't really a factor unless there are atmospheric conditions like fog and, and you know, about the rain. And actually, it's just a question of lenses, at, at least within, mm -hmm. you know, we can't, we probably can't go a mile away, but uh, mm -hmm. you can actually do a lot uh, with your lens selection. But really, I was just hoping that you guys could tell mm -hmm. us uh, some of the tech specs involved, like, you know, how much power from the generators and how many instruments and what their wattage was and just, you know, let us know. Sure. Um, yeah. So all of the, so we had 14 uh, uh, source for theater lights, 750 watts each. Uh, running out of three 3,000 watt generators and one 2,000 watt generator. Um, almost all of them were colored using just like gels attached to the front of the lens. Wow, it is starting to storm. Yeah, um, I told you it was going to start raining, right? Did I not say this exactly? Then what was I? Well, I, I said came inside. 45 minutes and it's 40 minutes. Sorry. Impressive Sorry, keep going. Fantastic. I didn't mean to like. <laughs> Um, no, it's all right. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, I mean, that was about it. We got some of the, um, we got all of our lenses from Atmosphere. They were primarily, there were eight five-degree lenses and six 10-degree lenses. Um, I mean, I spent a fair bit of time, like, trying to work out, you know, lens angles and area coverage and all of that. Which honestly, I think proved to be a waste of time. I should have been like weightlifting because that, like, getting the coverage right was. Shout not, out to Paula. Shout out to major shout out to Paula. We should have had her training us for this. That, like, I totally misunderestimated the physical aspect of it. But, um, can I make a suggestion, yeah. by the way, like to JH's point, which I think would be great. You guys should write up like a methodology for this and put it on Lawfare for people that want to do this in the future and like want to know exactly what like Mateo just said and like what they have to ask for if they want to do this type of thing, the measurements and things like that, like the long distance tools that you used, like how you scoped it out, do an entire methodology of how you actually brought about this operation 
and put it on lawfare, it is totally legal and it is civil disobedience. And like, this would be kind of a really cool thing to have for like a lot of places outside the US even. Like- I, I would say, can, can I just say, it, it, civil disobedience involves breaking the law. So I would say it was more like legit political protest. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. I, I, we were prepared to deal with being arrested if we had to, but I agree with Scott. I think we endeavored to operate entirely within the law and- um, I, I guess I was thinking of, I don't know what light ordinances are in other areas. And so I was kind of thinking that like, yeah, I, 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 like, I got you. So that was kind of, I was trying to encompass that, but yes, totally. You're right. Yeah. This was fine, but yeah. In other contexts, at the very most, it would be civil disobedience is kind of like what I was thinking. Reverend Dr. Hillary Livingston, I love your new uh, uh, Rev TM. Uh, uh, Thank you. That's, nice that's caller. Thank you. Yes, I'm unofficial. Well, it's, official, it's a, a very official week and I have a, a official business at an hour. I have a, service for this happy night. Happy Easter. Yes, thank you. Um, happy Easter. And um, happy Easter to those celebrating. Happy um, Passover to those who will be observing. And if no one's celebrating anything in particular, just happy day. Happy. Um, so um, yes, the Rev TM was courtesy of Tony Kava. So I, I give him credit. Um, so my big question, I, I watched this all unfold. Very, um, very entertaining and impressive. Um, you know, my thought was like, oh my gosh, how are they not getting arrested? And it sounds like you thought very carefully about the legalities and what you could and couldn't do and what would be appropriate and not appropriate. Um, but what were you worried about getting arrested? What was your plan? Are you still worried about getting arrested? Um, just kind of curious. Uh, super interesting question. Uh, here is the extent to which I've thought about it. Um, so first of all, most of the light projection protests uh, um, in Washington, they have not produced arrests. Um, there is one exception uh, where uh, somebody's lights were seized and there were there was an arrest and he was then released. I think charges were not pressed and the lights were returned. Uh, the reason is, as Kate says, it is not uh, actually a violation of any statute. Uh, uh, it, probably could be, uh, uh, but the DC City Council has not uh, forbade it. Um, and uh, so there are kind of uh, nuisance laws that could be used to shut you down, but you would, they wouldn't, there's not a, a, a statute that would, a charge that would stick. Um, the Secret Service doesn't have, uh, so, so the, the first thing is we actually don't think it violated any laws. And the fact that we were not molested at all by law enforcement suggests that that was right. Uh, the second thing is that the Secret Service, the, the DC cops uh, uh, enforce local ordinances. Uh, the Secret Service is responsible for protecting the embassy. So there's an additional question when you uh, do this with an embassy, whether there is uh, some law that you might be breaking at a federal level by by violating embassy uh, grounds. If you, for example, threw something onto the embassy, the Secret Service would arrest you and you would, uh, you, there are federal statutes at issue. Um, uh, we, are, I, I, I shouldn't say we, I should say I, on behalf of the group, made a decision that if the Secret Service asked us to shut down, we were going to shut down. The goal was to get to be up as long as we could be up. Uh, 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 so I was not particularly afraid of arrest. Um, I, I don't think there's any rule that we're violating, any law that we're violating. Uh, that said, we were very careful to observe. Uh, you know, the Secret Service does want you on the other side of Wisconsin Avenue. We were careful to never. Uh, never cross except when we tried to bring them pizza um uh there was you know we were not uh was it spokane pizza no it was uh pizza brought to us because by maggie feldman would... pilch actually um she's such, she, a, such a gem she is a gem so we were we were we were really playing by the rules and um 
and then the the other factor is um you know i think that there's uh if it had been lower profile would there have been some temptation to walk over and say hey you can't do this maybe um i do note that when the secret service did not know that i was involved if they ever knew that i was involved and cared and it was just phil uh uh they inquired they made some inquiries with him and they left him alone unlike the previous time when they told him he couldn't do it so i do think well, there is a note on that yeah um which is the first time he did it he was on the other side of the sidewalk which is marked as private property yeah. uh, unclear it's not in use but it is marked and to hear phil tell it the first time around they were kind of like come on man please leave but they didn't force him to in the way that law enforcement officers could um but that you know, actually is that, reassuring yeah. to me because they have no basis for ordering him to leave. So like the just yeah. trying to appeal to like, come on, man. Like, yeah. But look, I, I am actually kind of with the Secret Service about the other side of Wisconsin Avenue. Uh, I don't know if they have authority to force it, but you know, if there if there are protests on that side of Wisconsin Avenue, if you're doing stuff on that mm -hmm. side somebody could scale the wall, somebody could throw something in. And I do think the Secret Service has a legitimate interest here in keeping people, you know, just across the street. It's not, it's not a big deal, but so that they have a little bit of notice if somebody runs at the fence or, and so I have no problem with putting our lights there. And I think once, once they understood that we were going to stay on that side of the street, they, they just kept an eye on us, and uh, and I thought it was fine. Yeah, you, what you guys should have done instead of offering Secret Service pizza, you should have offered them free apartments. Well, hey, that building is right nearby. <laughs> um, but, um, have you heard of this wonderful lighting company called Atmosphere? <laughs> like they're, they're just so great. I'm sure they'll give you a discount. Julia, the floor is yours. Um, first of all, I want to thank everybody involved because this gave me such joy last night. We haven't had a whole lot of joy the last two years and you brought it in spades. Thank you to everybody involved. Well, thanks. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was good fun and, uh, uh, and you know, hopefully it made some people smile in, in Ukraine as well. I'm still smiling. I'm, I've been smiling all day. Every time I see one of your tweets. I'm putting it, I'm going to put that video into my property class. We just didn't light nuisance. I'm going to put it on the PowerPoint slide. It's going to be amazing. Mateo, you're already making your way into law school classes yeah. and you're only like 14 years old. <laughs> I want to say Mateo is large. I didn't realize this about him. He's a big guy. He's no, tall. That's what I said. He's larger than I expected. He's yeah. tall. And he's, 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 he's got, got big shoulders. And, and I lifted a generator with him. And I do want to say that Mateo bore... 70% of the weight of the generator, maybe 75. <laughs> it was it was not an equitable, uh, that was a heavy, heavy generator, and I did not sort of carry my fair share. Julia, your question. Well, my question is, do you have any concerns about the Ruskies uh, doing anything to retaliate to anybody who was involved? It's an interesting question, uh, and I want to answer it. I also honestly. appreciate the use of work ruski. Yeah, <laughs> I want to answer it honestly. Um, so the Russians have already taken a number of actions about against me, um, in particular in the cybersecurity domain. Um, I have been warned both by the FBI and by Google, the latter on numerous occasions, uh, that a foreign state actor is uh, attacking my uh, my accounts. Um, 
I suppose there is a modest chance that that could be the Chinese. I don't believe it for a second because I've never challenged Xi Jinping. I want to know who the Russians were getting. No <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sorry. Who are the Russians getting if not Ukrainians to do their cybersecurity? That's what I would like to know. Um, like, I feel, no, I'm serious. Like, everyone I know that works in trust and safety and cybersecurity, like, most of those those farms are, like, based in Ukraine. Like, so it's kind of actually fascinating. Like, anyway, that's, like, so, that's all. So Devin Nunez's lawyer uh, asks uh, a very interesting question in the chat, which is the, she says, the FBI knows that. And the answer is yes, the FBI uh, often gives people uh, warnings who are being targeted by foreign actors uh, as the in various Mueller indictments uh, uh, show they have a lot of penetration of Russian malign cyber activity uh, down to the who's doing what at what desk level. A lot of this is NSA activity, but the FBI is responsible for uh, notifications locally and they are very diligent about it and um uh i i got a call in 2017 warning me about this and this is uh, this is not because i'm a particularly unusual or interesting person this these are pretty common in in washington not in policy circles but in national security foreign policy circles and uh and so let's start with the fact that you know i i operate with a general understanding that the Russians are, are very aware of me. I, I am the subject of a, you know, I, I did publicly challenge Putin to a fight, which is a joke in most circles, but is not taken as a joke in Russian intelligence circles. Um, uh, so do I think that they will come after me in any meaningful way? No. Uh, they don't go after Americans as a general matter. I'm not a Russian citizen. I'm not ethnically Russian. Uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not one of the categories of people that they target in any meaningful way. And I think that's a. Uh, 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 you know, I am not a. Uh, 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 on the list of people that they do bad thing, really bad things to. I'm not on any of the categories. Uh, that said, uh, uh, I am on one category that they do things to, which is hack and dump and embarrass. Uh, and so, you know, do I think about that when I am inclined to uh, send uh, uh, Scott and Mateo and Kate the long list of porn consumption that I'm engaged in on an hourly basis. Yeah, I tend to do that stuff orally rather than uh, by uh, by yeah, and that, and that, and choice. Word choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and by the way, uh, we would uh, Mateo, uh, uh, Kate, and I would appreciate if you would stop doing it orally. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I mean, like there are things I don't write down. Um, just as a, uh, you know, I don't, I do. Send it on the uh, blockchain, Ben. Uh, it's Send all it on the blockchain. The blockchain. <laughs> I, I do take care with my, or uh, my written communications in a way that uh, probably normal people don't need to do. Um, but that was true before yesterday too. Richard Wattenbarger, the floor is yours. Well, uh, hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. Uh, so where do you... Um, just on, on the heels of that, do you also like eat your documents that you don't want people to find? Could we or, just like also that... phrasing, phrasing? Like what is like what is happening? Like, I, like, I, I have so many recipes for documents. I, yeah, okay. Next um, time, Ben, that, as your attorney, I'm just gonna say like don't say that you say things orally. Just say you don't put them in writing. Just say that. <laughs> The word orally is really bothering me, Kate. <laughs> well, it's a phoneme also because it like sounds it, like oral and right. oral are like very close. This is so like it. fifth grade. Oh my god, he said orally. <laughs> yeah, but wait, but but we're all we're we were also talking about a subject where that has meaning. Hey, I can also say anally. No, we don't want anything anally. Again, just not in writing, Ben. Just not in writing. Like, just 
Like, <laughs> follow what I'm saying. Your <laughs> question, no, Richard. Go okay. ahead, Richard. So, so two questions. Uh, first of all, do you did you hear or do you expect to hear anything second or third hand from the embassy about this? And um, and the second question is, uh, were the Secret Service guys amused at all of this? Yeah, that's it, yeah. I had no direct contact with the Secret Service guys. Matteo did. So why don't we oh. let Matteo answer that question and uh, I can answer the other one. Sure. They were they were totally nice. Uh, at, you know, 1.30 a.m., they asked how much longer we were going to be there. And Ben had made a very public uh, commitment to uh, stay until we ran out of gasoline and we hadn't dented it at that point. Uh, and so I had to, to uh, let them know that it could be a while. Um, but yeah, at, at the beginning, they were like, just don't hit any cars. You don't want to create an accident. And that was the extent of their comments. They seemed like they weren't going to give more of a reaction than that. Uh, but then it at 2 a.m. they were a little bit tired um that would have been a good time for the pizza right yeah can i say something is that you know i know ben doesn't seem worried about the russians but are you a fugitive on the new jersey turnpike because you're worried <laughs> uh I, not no Mark doesn't make it sound fun yeah uh, yeah but the thing it looks like you've been living. Have you been living in there? In New Jersey? No, in the car. Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. Mateo, he's a civilized man. He, uh, he Mateo, please in a... don't drive while it's still, while it's still, I sent you a text message, but don't okay. drive while it's still hailing and raining so hard. It'll be gone in like, it's a very short stretch. I can look at the radar and just, you're okay, but just, Go slowly. And if it I gets will. bad, just turn over and make sure you put in your blinkers. May I ask a question? Did um, I don't want to um, invade people's privacy. Um, so you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But what was the view of your family's reaction to this? Uh, they were like, of course, you're doing something like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, uh, my family, uh, we made, I made a point of not discussing it in any way with my wife, uh, because uh, <laughs> she has a pending security clearance, uh, okay. and, uh, and a pending nomination. Uh, and so it was, uh, it made no sense for us to have communication about it. Um, uh, and, uh, my, uh, older child uh ej was involved in helping schlep stuff and and prep for it so i mean cool. that seems ej seems like this would be up their alley that's not great like that just kind of like yeah, yeah. it's a good uh it's a good bit of good math problem also <laughs> like a lot so, of math <laughs> so uh question how um oh sorry um uh, yes we have uh uh one more question uh, from Itamar, and it's going to be the last one today. Itamar, the floor is yours. Yeah. So I'd like to give everybody kudos as well. And I wanted to meet Matt, uh, Mateo a few weeks ago. So maybe we should do a similar thing in New York. Uh, we have an embassy or consulate here too. Uh, I'll be there on Saturday. Oh yeah, I, I'm here on. Uh, actually, I'm not here on Saturday because of the holidays. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man, he uh, just he just punked you, Mateo. He got you. Too. Mateo, I'll be here. Uh, <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my question, which is somewhat related, is if you had to pick, are you a wise, evil, simple, or unable to ask a question? Uh, that's a, a Passover question. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, is that from the is that yeah. what you're you're question? What, so, so just just by way of background. So at the Seder with the Passover Seder, the, the Passover meal, the, there is a part of the meal um, which uh, talks about four children, um, one who's really one who's smart, one who's 
um, not that smart, um, one who um, is evil, and one who doesn't even know how to ask a question. So the question is, are you the smart one? Are you the less smart one? Are you the um, uh, bad one? Or are you the one who doesn't even know how to ask a question? That is a very uh, weird, uh, well, I've never heard, I, I feel like I've heard that, but I've never kind of, no one has explained it to me. It's like, but that's a very strange heuristic. I don't even know if I know that as like a metaphor, those four things like together, they don't seem. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't like. Can I, can yeah. I, can I, can I actually, so the whole, yeah. so, so just very briefly, um, and this, I'm not saying something that is like esoteric knowledge, but like the idea of the Seder is it's supposed to be an educational experience. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, yeah. these are like four kinds of students. Uh, um, oh, or, or, yeah, okay. one who's like, like- Children are supposed to kind of understand which right. they are or be, yeah, yeah. to be self-reflective. Well, it, oh, I, it, you don't, I, like nobody does what Itamar um, was so rude to do, which is to ask. <laughs> Um, uh, mo mostly it's just like four, four ways of talking four about types. Passover, four types. And so like the, you know, the, the really, the, the really sharp students, the less sharp students, the, like the bad, like just the apathetic back of the row, you know, you know, you know, middle finger one, and one who's really not even at the point that they are even able to formulate a question which is many students, like when they start a course, they don't even know what questions they're supposed to ask. So anyway, I think it's it. So, so let's go around. question. Yeah. So I just want to say, I have always deeply identified with what Itamar calls the evil son, uh, which uh, is often translated as the, the, the contrary son or the oppositional yeah. son. And I, uh, the reason is not, uh, the reason is frankly that the, uh, the, the wicked son or the, uh, asks what I think is a very good question, which is, um, why do you do this? And the Haggadah uh, 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 denounces him for uh, saying he excludes himself from the group and he sort of distances and it actually says, had he been at the Red Sea, he would not have been redeemed which is, I, I think they're, but I think his question is totally legit, which is, uh, you know, uh, how bought into this are you? And and why should I consider myself inside this, this conversation rather than outside it? I've always, I've always thought that was a more interesting question than either the wise son asks or the, um, or the uh, the some so the the simple son who just asks what is this, uh, and so I I think the also think the sort of pointed making the teacher or the father justify himself uh, is just a, a valuable thing, and I am uh, I've always been the wicked son. Matteo. I guess that makes me the fourth one. Um, I, um, uh, the one unable to ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that. You're, you're, well. de you're definitely acting like one. <laughs> well, I, I also want to point out that, no, that, that asking, like that, yeah. that, that asking the, 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 you know the the the, the non-Jew who's uh, who doesn't know the Haggadah is uh, is it's it's a bit of an unfair it's like sandbagging uh, Matteo with with uh, uh, with with Seder uh, minutia. Right, right. Well, you know, it. we we all start somewhere. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, we're, we're actually going around. We're we're going to go around and then ask what everyone's favorite sacrament is. So it's all, it's all very, it's all very ecumenical. Um, all right, KK. Um, I'm gonna. Can I reframe the question in terms of D and D alignments? <laughs> <laughs> How can we say no? I'm a chaotic neutral or a chaotic good, but I am definitely chaotic. Uh, but no. But um, I guess um. 
I don't know. It seems egotistical to ever say that you're the smart son. So it's like not like a thing you'd want to say. And I don't, I don't think so poorly of myself that I think I'm the stupid one. Although in certain situations, I've definitely thought that. And then I think that like maybe the, I don't know. Like, I like your reframing of evil, Ben. That's good. But like, I don't really, I haven't like had the chance to imbibe that new definition from just evil versus clever slash like oppositional oppositional yeah so like i'm gonna you know that that might be me but i just don't know that yet so like i don't know like and i do ask a lot of questions but they're not always good ones i'm definitely not the one to say that i would say that like i'm not good at asking questions i always ask them so i don't know that this like i don't know that this like totally applies to me but i guess um I don't know a little bit that anyways that's just kind of how i'm working through all of that i like, kind of like this framework a lot I, I i think it's like it's an interesting one to kind of puzzle over scott what do you think um I, my favorite sacrament is baptism all right <laughs> it's amar oh, oh wait which... hold on. scott were you going to actually answer yeah, yeah i i yeah i was just uh, I, I would say that i i my self-conception is is not included in the four and i'm the person who always asks a question like yeah that's, that's my that i feel like I, that's always been my my thing Me too. yeah just like i i have no shame about saying i don't know please explain this to me um and i i i think that's my uh best and only good quality itamar which Think how do. good you are at finding morels, Scott. <laughs> My morels are they're they're out. By the way, I was looking at the map. They're out. Uh oh. Okay, Itamar. sorry. Different. Itamar. Yeah. Okay. You, you get sorry. the last word. Which son are you? Well, I'm I'm absolutely not the one who's unable to ask a question. I'll I'll go for it, even even if it's not a good question, as Kate said. Uh, I'm a bit of a contrarian, and so I I. Uh, I vibe with you on that, on with the evil one. Contrast uh, unite. But you know, I mean, if if I'm honest with myself, I feel like I I'm uh, I don't like admitting it, but oftentimes I think of myself as the wise one. Hmm. So say we all. The wise son's a bit of a goody two shoes. I, I'm not so into the wise son. All right, we got to yeah. wrap. Yeah, um, he's, he's a bit Eddie Haskellish. Yeah. Yeah, very Eddie yeah. Haskellish, and I've never yeah. like that. Is that yeah. kind of that's kind of what I'm trying? It's like all of these these kind of one cent, one word or two cent, like the good, the wise son, the stupid son. I like, like I like they seem noodles, like uh, uh, more nuanced. The, the wise, wise ass, ass son. son. That, yeah, that kind of, exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna wrap. Mateo is frozen. Uh, uh, he's like frozen in a in a weird position so we're gonna dismiss him as long him. as he doesn't drive home while he's on uh we're so uh, happy that you did this let's do it yes. again sometime are you guys but be uh, a little you guys bit aren't short. doing a show tomorrow are you no all right so we will we did be this. back yeah. on monday uh and that'll be a bunch of hours yeah. 51 minutes from now <laughs> until then scott uh we can't have fun anymore but we can Light loosen the Russian embassy. Yeah, glory to Ukraine. Yeah.